Hello, ladies and gentlemen out there in radio lands. Those muckrakers come to you live once again through the power of the internet. I'm Pat. I'm Pete. I'm Bobby. And this um, is episode 112. In this episode, what are we doing, Pete? Uh, we're talking about micronations, but really it leads into why rich people are fucking boring. Or even just middle class or, people. Like, you know... If you hit no. the lottery, really, you're going to go buy three Lamborghinis. You're not going to buy 80,000 prime acres and then declare it its own independent country. But are all micronations owned by rich people? No, they're usually owned by assholes, but we'll get into that. Yeah. There's like a, uh, a six-year-old that has his own uh, micronation. It's his bedroom, and he says he owns land in Antarctica. Antarctica, even though you know that's supposed to be like a place that no one owns, he says, "No, no, I own it." He insisted it. I saw him at a uh, a meeting in a video. It's going to be well, really funny when he's 20... assassinated by Putin. About <laughs> about twenty percent of Antarctica is not claimed, and in the Antarctic Treaty, uh, Russia and the United States both who both do not claim any land in Antarctica say that no one else can claim any more land in Antarctica. I think it's like. Uh, South Africa, New Zealand, Chile, Arcan- uh, Arkansas, Argentina. <laughs> uh, yeah, Arkansas, just out Wait. the wild. Arkansas declared, you know, 40 million acres in Antarctica. We're there. tired of being last, um, God damn it. <laughs> who's the first. biggest state now, huh, Alaska? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever Muckrakers no, makes uh, us rich but, um, is um, make Wesley his own sovereign nation and just give him the rest of Antarctica. <laughs> so he'll have to contend with Russian spies coming to kill him well, every day. Well, oh, God damn it. The spies tried to kill me again. I was eating so, a sandwich. It was made out of chicken paste, and they tried to grope me. So so there is a piece of land that is habitable, nominally habitable, that is actually not claimed by anyone. I don't know if either of you have ever heard of this, but it's called Beer to Will. And it is, uh, as it's, it's the consequence of a border dispute. And like all good border disputes, this one starts with the British. So uh, cutting the line between Sudan and Egypt, because um, Egypt was kind of its own thing at this time. This was after Sykes-Picot. They were sort of decolonizing Egypt because Egypt was rebelling against the British. And they were like, it's too much trouble. Just let us manage the the, the canal and you can rule yourselves. Well, anyway, I'm just going to say Sykes, Sykes-Picot the most devastating result of laziness that has ever happened in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, anyway, the second so, worst Pico since uh, Bokuno Pico. So they wanted to make a border between uh, Egypt and Sudan, a border that had never existed before. So they drew, you guessed it, a straight line. Uh-huh. About five years later, they came back and said, wow, that straight line was a huge mistake. Uh, because of like the ethnicities and languages and whatnot that 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 are that that are crossed by that border, so they drew a new line that instead of the straight one, it dips down into Sudan, comes back up to the straight line, and then fucks off in the west, taking up a huge part of uh, south southeast Egypt. That's actually some fairly prosperous like port towns and stuff. So after the British got out, uh, Egypt wanted the straight line that gave them the good coastline. And Sudan wanted the, 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 the later treaty, which gave them the good coastline. And as a result, this little trapezoid of land called Bir to Will that no one inhabits um, is completely unclaimed. Because if Sudan claims it, Egypt will say that's them recognizing the straight line. Egypt gets the good ports. 
And if Egypt claims it, it means that they're telling Sudan, we accept the squiggly line and Sudan gets the straight. Gets, so anyway, anyway, alarmingly, an American jackass decided that he was going to go there and declare it a nation so that his daughter could really be a princess. Yes, he is a card-carrying member of the NRA. Yes, he was a huge Trump supporter. And yes, he maintains this claim to beer to will to this day to the recognition of absolutely fucking nobody. This is and why I hate... Is that, this is why I hate micronations so much. The first thing I heard No Man's Land yeah. is I'm definitely going to go yeah, there and no, claim it. it. And they're like, this asshole American. It's already like, oh, been yeah, claimed. It's, already, like, it's, it's not officially recognized as claimed by it. It's the only piece of land on Earth besides Antarctica, besides sections of Antarctica, um, that is not claimed by any one recognized country. Because so, if anyone, if, if any either of the two parties claim it, they give up the good points. So... If, it's a if point people, of contention for Egypt and Sudan. If people haven't figured out today, where our whole episode is about micronations, which oh yeah, we announced that. Oh, do we? Okay, yeah. so just yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if no one knows, uh, a micronation is basically a small area, usually inside another nation, where someone just claims I'm a country, and then like they are recognized by absolutely nobody except for maybe their long suffering spouse, because they all <laughs> seem to have like a long suffering. Like it's usually a guy. It's usually like a long-suffering wife and like a family, and they're usually the ones that like are like, yeah, we have our own nation. If you've seen that uh, one episode of Family Guy, uh, Pretoria, it's basically yeah. that, but in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was and, not uh, far off from the truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Except you don't uh, get diplomatic immunity the, that goes stomping around America. In the uh, in 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 the um, in the plot of that episode, uh, Pretoria was actually kind of a beer to will situation in which. In the town's charter and in the constitution of the state of Rhode Island, 38 Spooner Street did not exist. And so therefore was not recognized by the United States as part of its sovereign territory. So Peter could declare himself his own country and get recognized and go to the United Nations, which he does. Like, I know, I know I was supposed to pick a favorite one, but I went through like a whole bunch of micronations for this episode. And yeah. I hated each one that I read about more than the one before it. I'm like, I this is... It's usually well, some ANCAP asshole that's just like, I'm tired of the federal government. Well, like <laughs> like one guy, one guy claims a huge swath of, um, I think, Western Australia, which yeah. is uninhabitable by human <laughs> beings anyway. Yeah. And he's like, right, this is mine. Yeah. Right so over here, this is a scorpion, keeps me warm at night. Yeah. There's, there's basically two types of micronations that have existed or that still exist. And they would be like de facto and de jour. So de facto is whenever a government screws up and someone who is very pedantic takes the yeah. situation to the nth degree, declaring themselves independent of the nation. And Australia like is a wonderful example of that. So there were these farmers uh, out on the uh, west coast of Australia, like on, on, on a river, because most of the west coast is completely uninhabitable. And... Um, they, uh, they, they were trying to get like land management from the Australian federal government like sorted out. And he got so frustrated as a joke, he, uh, you know, in, in a letter writing campaign, he styled himself as the right honorable Lord General something, something, something like that. And some government bureaucrat responded to him with the title. Now, according to <laughs> Australian law, 
if the government responds to you with a specific title, you are now granted that title. So he declared himself a micronation. In this one little river valley, he declared himself a micronation. The difference difference is if anybody, like, the difference between this guy and, like, uh, Idi Amin, the really horrible... dictator what i'm sorry what country was it Idi Amin was the dictator of in the 70s oh god i, I want to look it up hang on i want to say i want to say nigeria but i don't think that's right but nonetheless he declared himself i believe lord of the birds of the air and the fishes of the sea and like the last king of scotland or something like that <laughs> uh uganda uganda so he's a yeah, dictator he's served, as, he served as president of uganda from 71 to 79 commonly known as Butcher of Uganda. He is estimated to have upwards of 40 children. Yep. So the only difference between him and any of the other micronation people is people, there were there were enough people that lived believed in him. It's really yeah. just having it's really just having a support network that makes the difference between uh, a curiosity and uh, a butcher. So well, I don't know of support network. Probably the yeah. most important micronation to bring up is the uh, the Principality of Sealand, which seems to be the micronation that inspired all the modern uh micronations oh yeah it's the one that made everyone else realize oh we can just do this yeah Yeah. well well and it's one of the it's one of the um of 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 the category that i was just talking about with australia so you had the 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 platform so it's not just someone declaring you know my one acre house in the suburbs isn't something That was the whole thing, is the British waters did not include them. They bought this. They owned it. It was not mortgaged or anything. This platform that they were living on. What uh, platform was it? I know it had a radio uh, tower. No, it was left over from World War II. It was an anti-aircraft installation. So it was like a giant concrete platform on two concrete uh, pillars that had been built in a harbor, pumped with air shipped out to the spot where it was going and then they filled the two columns with water until it settled on the bottom and then you put anti-aircraft guns on top of it it was protecting a radar station yeah okay. but uh and they used yeah. that to uh play rock music it was the yeah, very first 24 hour um radio station in europe yeah so fun had, fact, it, uh, it was an illegal radio station and then they also got into hosting servers for online gambling Sort of like pre-VPN type stuff, you know, illegal gambling on the internet. Yeah. They even had a coup. They had a coup. Somebody uh, somebody who was, I don't remember the exact facts, but somebody who was in charge uh, left to go back to the UK to buy groceries or something. And whenever they came back, they found that they weren't uh, being allowed to board again because I think it was the guy who founded its son had founded the Republic of Sealand and had like taken over and like overthrown his father and or whoever was running it. And uh, there's a whole sorted mess to who now claims Sealand, like the physical property, Sealand, who, who, who now claims it, but it's now within British territorial waters. Yeah. They, they yeah, extended far more ridiculous the- examples than that. If you can believe it out there in the oh. world today. I hate I hate them so much. Like <laughs> I, I really hate people that just do some wackadoo shit and then they're like, oh, I can just get away with continually doing this. And then they're like, in <laughs> for 30 years, he had a seat at the United Nations because of a clerical error. 
<laughs> yeah. It's just a bunch of smarmy, <laughs> kind of individuals who use technicalities to get away with trying to call themselves a nation. Well, all the stuff I read about it, what really bothered me was they keep trying to justify um, how legitimate they are. And they all say the same thing. They go, the place even has its own currency and passport and presidential seal. I'm like, that doesn't I mean know. anything. But my, my nation today has its own uh, currency, it has its own um, flag. He, the person spent a lot of time in Microsoft Paint putting this together, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, just as I don't understand how that makes it any more legitimate. But I don't think Peter it, has one. It go, does. Go it is people playing make-believe. Yeah, just because yeah, I, so. never, I never get away with anything. If I did a whole micronation thing, the, there would be SWAT teams coming through my window like I, I, with my luck, I would be like tried and like the first person executed for treason against the United States since like the Civil War, like, mm-hmm. or whatever the last time somebody was tried for treason. Because uh, I, I don't get away with it, it would have been it would have been in the Cold War probably sometime in the seventies. Yeah, I forgot about the Rosenbergs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, either way, well, oh yeah, hate, actually, yeah. It's, I mean, they a lot of like real yeah. governments today feel more like a bunch of children dreaming about being in positions of power than any real um, power structure. But the difference is, is that people believe in them, just like the Uganda guy. Like people, enough people buy into the delusion that nations get away with calling themselves nations. Why and some do a good job at being nations. I want to know why there weren't more micro nations created like during westward expansion. Because that seems like that would be the time to do it, right? Back then, okay, <laughs> you caught on to what I'm going to talk about. Oh, was there because, like, because that was honestly the time when, like, if you could just shoot enough people, you could just claim yeah. a bunch of land and be like, This is my country now, and like, they would legitimately have to deal with you. Well, I and mean, yeah, you've seen we played Red Dead Redemption, like, people that did that, and then you just like went and shot up their fort, and uh, you know, now their nation is gone. Oh, you yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's what, what you're talking about with Westward expansion is. Uh, basically, more or less, what the Mormons did. Yeah. The the, ah, the, the Mormon true. in Wait, setting is your up. your micronation the Mormons? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Was Joseph no, no. Smith? He was a prophet. But it wouldn't be. It no, wouldn't no, be. No, no, well, no. and it wouldn't have been Joseph Smith. It would have been Brigham Young because Joseph Smith was dead by the time. Um, yeah, by the time they, they started heading out west. Utah. But what they wanted to do initially was uh, they wanted to I not be part of the United States, before. so they went to Mexican territory. They found the Great Salt Lake. They figured no one else is going to settle here because it's a lake made of salt. And um, they started setting everything up. And Brigham Young styled himself as president of the Republic of Deseret. And Deseret was a place in the Book of Mormon, I think, or it means something in the Book of Mormon. It's, it's kind of like promised land. They, uh, the, the, the Mormons always name things after either something from the Book of Mormon, like the town of Bountiful or Provo. Or they name it after like some sort of concept. Like Utah came from the Ute Indians, and you know Salt Lake City came from it's a city on the Salt Lake. But right. um, but uh, and then they also had uh, Nauvoo, Illinois, which for a time Nauvoo, Illinois, in the eighteen fifties, I want to say, was actually growing faster than and had surpassed the population of Chicago. But anyway, Brigham Young, basically, they, they, the Mexican government told them, listen, just settle there. We don't care if you're Catholic. We don't care if you speak Spanish. No one else is living there. Uh, don't fuck with the natives and keep more and, and keep 
the federal government of the United States from coming in. The Mormons were like, dude, we are totally on board with not being bothered by the federal government. So fucking bring it. And then the U.S. government caught up with them. Gold was discovered in California. California is the only state in the union. And this needs to get talked about more. Uh, California declared itself a state. Yeah. They didn't ask Congress. They just declared themselves a state and then sent a ship around uh, the, through the Straits of Magellan back up to Washington, D.C. with a contingent with two senators and several representatives to say, we're so glad to be a part of the union now. And everyone went, where are you again? And they were like, we're California. We're where all that gold's coming from. And they're like, oh, well, we better make you a state really fast. That's why California got um, statehood. Yeah, yeah. Well so they're they're infilled the, after the that. offer they yeah. shipped over Magelled well with congress ah yeah <laughs> so so what's your micronation Wava? me okay so i'm looking at uh amethonia which is mm-hmm. it's the kingdom of amethonia it's a it's a monarchy it's ruled by a king it's uh basically has a ruling family of four people when i say ruling family i mean they're literally a family it's a um, father who's a king <laughs> the wife who's a queen they have two children a prince and a princess and they let other people join their nation. Um, they have a website, a constitution, a Facebook page with 32 likes on it. And Ooh, what nice. I, yes, what I love about this micronation, first of all, is the muckrakers of micronation, right? Yeah, it's like it's a like thing 30, that they're doing that nobody knows it. about. Yeah. And it's just, it's perfect because it's what a micronation is in a nutshell to me, because the father of the king, um, he is uh, Ernest Emanuel von Brandenburg Amethonia. I practiced saying his name before we got on the ship. You can also call him King Ernest Emanuel for short. One day he had a vision, a dream, a prophecy of a physical land to own his own kingdom on, right? And from this dream, he sat down and drew a castle currency, a flag. Well, let's see if I can, uh, without breaking everything, show off. Yeah, like, sorry. Do, do you see this? Off the Wi-Fi. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he drew a castle, and he has a flag, and he has currency. That one has an owl on it. Nice. So This guy literally, it's like it looks like a child's, like, like drawing like i learned how to i made a castle daddy yes yes but also um, it looks it looks like he's he ripped off one of like the um not the lgbtq flag but one of the like the uh one of the show 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 me the flag again father show me the flag again it looks looks like a straight up rip off of just like the the asexual Uh, awareness or whatever no asexual is is a lot is is a lot of gray um can't tell is the black is is, is asexual black at the top? is like um a circle with a cross through it no uh, it is you're it's, thinking um, of oh, it's navy blue brown either way if, if you're just listening to this if you're not watching the actual uh video of this podcast Which, uh, why are you not go to youtube like please subscribe <laughs> ring the bell comment for the algorithm all hail the mighty algorithm yeah, and bless our humble content creators a lot of trouble to make sure we have video this time around like everything <laughs> everything you're describing really makes me just like this is why i hate micronations just like in my soul yeah. but he so it was founded on uh february 2011 as a virtual kingdom and his dream of having land came true just seven years later in 2018 when he bought 40 acres of land and said this is it you sound so, like this sounds like one of those really dumb televangelists just like and the Lord spoke to me. I had a dream that I would design my own flag 
and have my own currents <laughs> and like just like oh my god and we all have dreams god really wants me disgusting. to have a private jet yeah send me money send me your seed what was their COVID 19 plan yeah tell us about the COVID 19 plan plan. they had the um they were gonna combat COVID 19 with what the king called the uh the rack awards and you're saying what the hell does any of that mean it's because him and his family had to stay inside all the time and they were driving each other crazy so he (laughs) came up with the rack awards or random acts of kindness so everyone in his family has to try to be as nice as possible to Uh... one another the person who's the nicest that week gets a rack award See, this and is that's why plan for dealing with COVID nineteen. They're doing all. He the... said, you know, even the macro nations are having trouble dealing with this. So at home in our micro nation, we need to combat it in our own way. They're doing all the most boring parts of of that. Honestly, I did uh, patricide. The, can... the son should kill the father and take over. Like that would be I... interesting. You can actually defend the king from patricide if you become a knight of the kingdom of Amethonia. Can I become a knight? lead a coup as his personal bodyguard, stab him in the <laughs> night, and then place like his son or cousin on the throne? Possibly. But in order to do that, first you have to apply through like a PDF on their website and for citizenship. And then once you get citizenship, you have to prove to them that you've committed acts of courage to be eligible for knighthood. And he will review it on a case-by-case basis after you've uh, provided to him evidence of your courage and bravery. <sighs> Fuck, I hate nice. this guy so much. Nice. And they, they, what I love about this nation is I can't figure out what they're for. Like, I read their constitution and it was nonsense. Like, it was a bunch of words that didn't really say anything. That's how a lot but of people felt about our constitution they when they first do. read it. Huh? Yeah. So, so, but as far as yeah. what I can tell, all they do is they give out like awards and medals for things, right? Like, they make stuff up and then they give prizes for it. And but like I don't know what the prizes are outside of he just notes on the website you won. Okay, so, what yeah. where where are they at in the world? I want to go and I want to do some actual legitimate horrible stuff. It's a good question. I can bring up their website again. <laughs> I don't think it ever actually says Amethonia. Uh I just want to go. Um, it's founded under the house of Bronberg. There's not a Google, there's not like a Google address. Uh, I'm looking. If you're listening to this, please go to the Kingdom of Amethonia. Murder the king. If someone actually does uh, that, head of the state, news, it's going to be great. Uh, it, anyway. does, it does not say where they are. Nothing, like, nothing we've all. learned about these places so far have made me hate them any less. Like, I, Here's a... Um, I kind of want to... Here's a picture of where it is. Generic Mountain. Okay. Um, yep. I kind of want to. It's not. Whoever made this is just not up for revealing his um, hidden location. I kinda, says it's in the house of Bronberg. I kind of want to become. The, uh, how do you spell the name of the nation again? Uh, Amethonia. Yeah. A M E T H O N I A. Um, I kind of really want to become if, the. If you Genghis. spell it wrong, Google will not find it. I tried that earlier. I want to become oh, the. Yeah, I just did. How do you spell it again? Hang on, uh, hang on. Um, whoa, hang on. Hang on. I really want so to become the Genghis Khan of micronations. So it's A N or A M A M E T H O N I A M is in uh, Mexico. Oh, I found it. I found it. Yeah. 
you have to spell it precisely right, or Google's gonna be like, I don't yeah, know what Google's you're doing. Like, about. I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah. If you wow. look up like list of micronations on Wikipedia, this one's not listed. So, so wait, why do you think is it red linked or is it not listed? Why do you is like this? Uh, I heard two different questions. Wait, wait, what does red linked mean? Oh, it means that they're like it is on the Wikipedia page, but there's no Wikipedia page for what has been like. So you know, it's like oh, a no, blue it's, link. It's not even red linked. It's not even it's red, not red linked. Okay. It's just not there. That's just that's the amazing part. It's not even it's not even red linked on Wikipedia. It's just gone. No, I mean, just maybe they have like their own entry for it elsewhere, but under the actual list of micronations, it's not there. Oh my god, their website is just trash. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, their micronation is trash. That's why I want to destroy them. No, I'm looking at, so I clicked on special project and it's from, uh, uh, it's called Project Cambodian Hope. Starts with a Bible quote. So we're out the gate, really strong. Love there it. Go. There we um, go. Yes. And whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones, even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward matthew chapter 10 verse 22 they're committed unless to... you're in georgia in which case you're going to jail for giving someone else water oh i saw something really fucking bad it's so true but so fucking bad and it was um it was it was protesters in the 50s and 60s getting the water cannons turned on them and they said police will be there to uh to give protest to give voters water should they need some i was like oh holy shit yeah i mean uh, it's not who made that was it a far right person or a far left person i can't tell i don't even know anymore yeah um, okay uh, so he's he has set up it's like a fund to help just cambodia it doesn't really give any it's just yeah. talking about like cambodia needs water and so you they're know. sending water to Cambodia. I guess they're just FedExing it there. Like you send them the water or you send them money. The the queen runs out to Costco, picks up some pallets, and then, you know, drives it down to the FedEx store. And there we go. All these gosh darn, <laughs> em- all these water, gosh darn envelopes are soaked. This, this seems like the kind of people that would just dump water into like a box and then mail the box. <laughs> Like a regular cardboard box. And not oh. understand why it's not there when it arrives. Yeah, <laughs> there, I put the water in the box. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. So why, why did you pick these people? I, I really I want to do horrible things. It seems things like just because country. they're just sort of quintessential. Like they're they're the, yeah. the, 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 the mean, the average of what these micronations truly are. There like, was one yeah, micronation that... Like this is a micronation and a microcosm. This is absolutely the essence of what it is to be a micronation dude if, uh, if i was a kid plato was talking about them it would be micronation capitalized if i was a kid and my dad did some shit like that i would declare my bedroom an an enclave of my own country like we're a country that's in a country completely surrounded by a country that's completely surrounded by another country like bavistan or something like that and we are the last trying to to liberate the rest of the house the last the last place i want to start a country is in a home with my family that would be <laughs> terrible otherwise you'll need the rack awards when covid comes down oh yeah. my god i want to go i want to i really want to become the genghis khan of micronations i want to go around and destroying them all <laughs> unifying them under my iron fist and then we'll have like the rack of you just show up at someone's house with a catapult full of 
plague victims yep. and just start lobbing it at this four bedroom ranch in the middle of fucking Montana. I want to do the full of Peter. I feel like he would build like castles and log cabins and all kinds of stuff out in the woods and then try to just declare it his own nation afterwards, like as an afterthought. Just like, oh, the other uh, property tax on all this is going to be too much. Better turn it into a micronation. Yeah, I just, I just want to destroy just for fun. I want to destroy them and then bring back the rack awards that we just put everybody on the rack. And they're yes. like, these rack awards <laughs> suck. Whoever oh, <laughs> lives the longest wins an award. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what do you win? You get to watch everyone else die. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So y'all ready for mine? Yes, yes. Yes. Mine is this guy. Now I know you probably can't read that, but let me take you on a little trip, okay? Mm-hmm. It's the 1800s because this micronation is the OG fucking legendary, all right? It's great. So a man by the name of Joshua Abraham Norton, he's a, uh, he is a, um, an English national. Uh, he's Jewish, but he's left England. Uh, with his family whenever he was a child. They all resettled in South Africa in Cape Town. And after both of his parents died, whenever he was in his 20s, he decided to immigrate to the New World. And he wound up in San Francisco. In San Francisco, he gets into commodities trading, basically um, mostly foodstuffs, mostly rice. Rice is being grown in Central America as a cash crop. And it is being exported to both the United States as well as China and Japan and and Korea, um, which I believe Korea was by this by the 1850s. I believe Korea was already a part of Japan, but um, like they had been conquered, or Japan was trying anyway. Japan so, was kind of the ultimate micronation, weren't they? Like they would just be like, "We're a nation, and now we're going to just take over other stuff too." Well, they they were recognized by outside governments, however. Let me continue, because this guy, this guy, he takes the cake. So in about uh, 1849-ish, there's a rice shortage in China. They had a bad crop yield. They're importing rice from wherever they can get it. And Peruvian rice has just dropped to the bottom, has, has, uh, has, has come up in value, but only to 12 cents a pound. So he's buying up all the rice that he possibly can. And then after his rice gets there, the price drops to four cents a pound. So he is screwed. He's absolutely <laughs> screwed. Turns out the crop yield in China was not as bad as everyone thought it was. Peruvian rice is just fucking flatlining in the market. He is fucked. Essentially, he lost a shit ton of money on the rice. And then he tried to sue his suppliers so this is the uh, the GameStop of the 1840s. Yes, I was going to say. So apparently, rice, yeah. rice, rice was like uh, gold for Republicans now, where they're all like, "Hey, old people, get a second mortgage." Yeah, invest in gold. So he lost all of his money in rice, which is a ridiculous sentence for anyone to say. Uh, he lost all his money in rice, but then he lost the rest of his fortune. He lost the rest of his fortune in. Um, in uh, uh, lawsuits with his uh, with his suppliers because he sued them. He was like, you know, how dare you? You misled me. And of course, the courts just basically laughed him out. They're like, yeah, you're out. 
you're out like, you know, whatever 1850s equivalent of a million dollars is, but you're flat broke. All of his property gets repossessed. All of his possessions get uh, get get sold off to pay his debts and leaving him absolutely fucking broken, penniless. He went away from San Francisco for a few years. And then when he returned, oh, boy, he was pants shitting insane. He was out of his fucking mind. I now, think I remember a story yeah, yeah, about yeah. this guy, but continue so, that with the insanity. So he, he, he was homeless in San Francisco and began declaring himself the emperor of America. And after Napoleon III invaded Mexico, he declared himself emperor of America and protector of Mexico. Now, here's the crazy thing. So Very he, sent, he, he sent... He, he spent what looked like he was begging for money and people would send him money. So he he sent a to be printed in all of the San Francisco newspapers. His um, it was uh, 1859 on September 17th, 1859. They published it, his proclamation of his emperorship. And I got to read this to you because it is just it's so I have a word count that I have to reach. So I'm going to use the most language that I can. It was like, you know, they'll, they'll you know, give you a, a deal if it's exactly 500 words in the newspaper, you know. So he says, as a preemptory request and desire of a large majority of the citizens of these United States, I, Joshua Norton, formerly of Algoa Bay, Cape of, Cape of Good Hope, and now for the last nine years and 10 months of San Francisco, California, declare and proclaim myself emperor of these United States, and in virtue of the authority thereby vested in me, I do hereby order the direct representatives of the different states of the union to assemble in music hall of San Francisco on the first day of February next year, then and there to make such alterations in existing laws of the union as may ameliorate, yeah, A-M-E-L-I-O-R-A-T-E. Never heard of it before. I know that but means. this is the time period where Congress had two Fs, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> the evils under which the country is laboring and hereby cause confidence to exist both at home and abroad in our stability and integrity. Signed, Norton I, Emperor of these United States. So he goes on. A few of the newspapers pick it up. It becomes kind of like a little hit story. Like people are like, oh, look at the homeless guy. He's fucking crazy. People start taking him seriously. Like ironically, they they start taking him seriously, ironically, to the point where they started printing. Because remember, San Francisco is a mint town. They started printing money this this month. They started printing this money. And it's still worth something today. But here's the thing. San Francisco businesses took it. They took it as legitimate money, mostly just from him, but like from any, you know, if like a poor person had a Norton dollar, uh, they, they would accept it. And to this day, oh, there, are nice. buildings, like there are it. buildings in San Francisco that have, you know, a, a plaque on the side of it, just like how the queen has like a tailor and they have a plaque on the building in London that says like, you know, tailor to the, her royal highness, Queen Elizabeth II. And that's like, you know, point of pride. There are still places in San Francisco that's like, you know, uh, Emperor Norton once ate here and his currency is good in the eyes of this business owner. And one of the nice. greatest That's... things about Emperor Norton is that he he lobbied for the construction of the Bay Bridge, not the Golden Gate, the Bay Bridge connecting to Oakland. And there is a push right now 
because they've just redone half of the bridge is brand new. There's a push right now to get it renamed Emperor Norton the First Memorial Bridge. That would be dope. That would it's be cool. so fucking dope. There's so many stories about this guy. He uh, he he for a day and a half he declared himself the Pope so that he could <laughs> preside. Well, this it gets even better. He declared himself the Pope so that he could preside over a very good dog's funeral. I mean, this guy is just fucking legendary. He then sent out a proclamation claiming that the entire Congress of the United States is illegal and that his agents were coming to arrest them. And this was printed in not just San Francisco so, newspapers, but like Chicago and, and New York and Boston. Like people wanted to this know. This is like old school Twitter, like. This guy, so yeah, this guy, was, uh, this guy is like and a half before the likes of Cardi B. He was our first yeah. mean emperor. Yeah, and he's and he's he, kind I of would... what he's like. He's like QAnon. If QAnon, if 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 QAnon was the whole nice, arrest, they're they're illegitimate. I'm coming to arrest him. Does make me think of Q. Yeah, if Q was nice <laughs> and was just doing nice things, like did you hear about the yeah. conspiracy? We're gonna go adopt some dogs. Get in, loser. Well, well, he also <laughs> yeah. heavily prosecuted. Um, he also heavily prosecuted, quote unquote, foreigners, meaning people coming from places that weren't San Francisco, uh, for, calling like the city, for calling the city Frisco. That was a big no, no. Oh. You don't call San Francisco Frisco. Actually, no, never mind. That's nothing like the, Trump. That's actually in, in the presence of emperor. That's a hilarious rule to me, but it's one that I can get behind. You know, my problem with people like this is it's always like it's a fun story. And then like there's all like. And uh, later in life, and also he had twelve child brides or something yeah, horrifying. Or like, like he'll that. he will die spewing anti-Semitic slogans in the gutter. You know, like yeah. there's well, always sadly, something. Uh, sadly, sadly, Emperor Norton died. Let me see. Um, uh, oh wait, I almost forgot. Also, um, died. Oh shit, he's still alive. Diplomacy, diplomacy. Uh, Pedro the Second, Emperor of Brazil. This is the actual emperor of Brazil. Brazil is the only country in North America to have a monarchy that actually sat on a throne that was in the Americas. Very few people know about that. Basically, the um, the, the 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 Spanish kicked off a wild war on the Iberian Peninsula, and the royal family and a lot of the court of Portugal skedaddled away to Brazil. And a really funny story about that: on the way, they all caught head lice. And had to shave their heads. So whenever they got to port, all the men are fine being called. But the women did like these big, you know, how you sometimes see women in Brazil have like this big, you know, cone-shaped sort of head wrapping. And uh, they did it because they had to shave their head and they were ashamed to not have any hair. And that's why Brazilian women do that to this day. It was not a thing until the royalty did it. It's simply because of lice, but they thought that, oh, this must be the European style. They're showing us this wonderful so, style. Anyway, it's a European cut. So, huh? I said it's a European cut. It's a European cut to just shave your head and wear a towel. Yeah. Um, uh, no, so Pedro II actually got to meet whenever he was on vacation in uh, in, in the United States. He, um, he, 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 um, he uh he, he he got to meet and talk with him at one of norton's favorite restaurants uh queen victoria was sent multiple pieces of correspondence from emperor norton don't really know if she ever got them or they were just like hey, it's a crazy you know yank on the other side of the ocean um yeah. and he uh he um <laughs> um he uh he he, he 
he suggested that he and she should get married in order to strengthen the bonds between the United States Empire and the British Empire. See, that's uh, fun. Kamehameha, yeah, Kamehameha the Fifth, uh, also um, from also, Hawaii. Uh, from Hawaii, yeah, Kamehameha the Fifth. They maintained a little bit of a. Um, 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 they actually communicated. Yeah, yeah. In fact, near the end of his reign. Nice Norton as the sole leader of the oh, United that's States. Wonderful. Um, now, Mexico in the 1860s, Mexico was, of course, invaded by the French, uh, Napoleon III, uh, for not being able to pay war reparations. I'm basically just reading the fucking Wikipedia page. But um, uh, anyway, they lost, but they, well, no, 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 wait, they won and they installed Maximilian I as the first emperor of Mexico. Not go well. Uh, it was just a puppet ruler controlled by the French. And um, and uh, somebody suggested to Emperor Norton that he should take on the title protector of Mexico. And, um, you know, like he, he took on the task and he's like, yeah, we need to get the French out of Mexico. They need to be a democracy again. Anyway, he sadly died. Um, he, he sadly died. When did he die? When did he die? I'm trying to look for it. Oh, on the evening of January 8th, 1880, he collapsed on the corner of California Street and what is now Grant Avenue in front of Old St. Mary's Cathedral while on his way to lecture at the, the California Academy of the Sciences. Uh, his, uh, his collapse was immediately noticed and the police officer on beat hastened for a carriage to convey him to the old city receiving hospital. And according to the day's obituary in the San Francisco morning call, he died before that carriage could arrive. Uh, they said on reeking pavement in the darkness, in the darkness of a moonless night under a dripping rain, Norton the first by the grace of God, emperor of the United States and protector of Mexico has departed this life. Two days later, San Francisco's San Francisco Chronicles led its article on Norton's funeral with the headline "Le Roi est mort" in French. The king is dead. Oh, damn! Absolutely fucking legend, dude. Like probably wow. the probably one of the best kings that's ever lived. Like, that micronation yeah. got a like. Come on, that was he held a funeral for a dog as a pope. Like that's. And people took his money. They actually took his money as payment. That's it's my definitely... favorite part is that people recognize his currency just as a joke. They're like, screw it. Yeah, sure, we'll take it. Well, I mean, that's further proof that money right is value joke, and then now it's a currency. It's yeah. definitely the most legitimate micronation. Like, I don't remember which, <laughs> which one I read about is they claim a bunch of land in, I think, Croatia, but it's in a very inaccessible part of Croatia. And I'm like, isn't that the problem with Croatia? Don't like six different ethnic groups all claim land and murder each other? Like you, mm, you can't be like, hey, you know that no man's land? I also claim land there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, there is one micronation because whenever we were talking about setting this episode up, like the premise for it, I think it, I think Peter, you were the one that said it was, uh, you know, uh, well, what about a, a micronation that's you know all online? Well, that's been done. And uh, there's one, I forget what it's fucking called. I, I meant to go through the list, but once I remembered Emperor Norton, I was like, that's a micronation. I can just do that. And he's also like one of my favorite people in American history up there with like John Brown and, um, and uh, Emma Gold. Um, what do you think John Brown did for fun or where John Brown would go on vacation, by the way? I always wonder about that. Oh, I think John Brown for fun on vacation 
he would definitely travel to Haiti to volunteer on a firing squad. Like that would be that would <laughs> yeah. be John Brown having fun. Like, yeah, that's yeah. He's like the guy you go on vacation with and then he wants to go see the old forts, but then like wants to spend hours examining like the brick masonry and stuff. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy's and he's like, this is this vacation. Great. And you're like, it's hot. There are bugs. I'm tired of looking at bricks. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to explain to a, a mortar enthusiast why it's boring. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Yeah, he would. He would be a uh, oh, what these exploded shells are so fascinating. It's like, can we leave this cannon, yeah. though? So it's so it's after whenever uh, Emperor Norton died, they found out that despite rumors of a, a you know amassed wealth, you know eccentric millionaire living on the street, uh, you know talking crazy nonsense with foreign royalty, basically, um, they uh, they um, they they discovered his lodging, which was basically at a flop house. And they uh, discovered he had a $5 coin and two, uh, two $1 coins to his name. And that was it. And so <laughs> they also uh, found out he had head lice, which is yeah. where the Van Dyke yeah. beard comes from. Today. Exactly. Exactly. So um, according to Wikipedia, uh, members of a San Francisco businessmen's association called the Pacific Club established a fund that provided for a handsome rosewood casket and arranged a dignified farewell. His uh, funeral was held on the 10th of January, 1880. And apparently there were more than 10,000 people that lined Wow. And the streets is two miles long. Like that's, that's a New Orleans funeral right there, boys. That's what that is. But um, yeah, so um, yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, no, Emperor Norton, absolute fucking badass. The guy's amazing. Yeah. But Peter, are you yeah. sure you want to like go into one? You know, I don't. Talk? I, I just, work I, very hard to turn our uh, our one listener Wesley Bowen into the next Emperor Norton. Except we'll be his hype men. We'll be the ones walking around telling everyone Wesley is king, king of America. I just yeah. went. I just all the list. Like I just had. There's one in Florida that was kind of fun. They formed in the Keys, I think, when uh yes. something was going on with traffic. That- the conk republic yeah and they throw bread at they, absolutely amazing story yeah they throw bread at people now like it's yeah, a whole no, no, like no. so so i know guys i told you i told y'all i i could talk <laughs> about this for hours but the conk republic is really fucking great so uh at the height of the cuban immigration crisis we had what was called wet foot and dry foot locations so if you're caught trying to immigrate to the United States, like you're fleeing Cuba, but you're caught on the boat, that's wet foot, you're going back to Cuba. If you're caught on the beach or inland, that's dry foot, and you're allowed to get processed as a refugee. See, that sounds a lot more fun. Why can't we just simplify immigration with something like that? You know what I mean? Like People that are skilled enough to make it all the way here get to um, have... Uh, yeah. What do you call it? Clemency and everyone yeah. else's. We'll call it. Yeah, we'll call it. Anyway. We'll call it red light, green light. You know what I mean? Anyway, it would be great. Anyway. So, so this wet foot, dry foot was working pretty well for a while um, until, oh God, I want to say it was the, I want to say it was the Nixon administration um, sort of put, sort of put some dampers on that. And they set up a border, a basically a papers please checkpoint on the coastal highway, the one highway into and out of the Florida Keys. Right. And it was on the way out of Key West. 
And so this was tying up traffic and tourists were getting stuck in line and it was hurting business and everything. And they were constantly writing the state. They were constantly writing, you know, their their Congress people and their senators like you have to get this taken down. This is absolutely fucking crazy. And finally, the mayor just snapped and said, we're being treated like foreign soil. So fuck this. We're going to found our own country. And they founded the Conch Republic and uh, they held a big demonstration where they all walked out to the um, to 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 the border checkpoint. And the commander of the border guard there like walked out to confront the mayor about, you know, what the fuck are you tying up traffic? And uh, and he just ceremoniously took out a piece of bread and broke it over the guy's head and then held up his hands to be arrested. And and that was the rebellion, the rebellion of the Contra Republic. And to this day, the uh, Key West airport on the plane on the security side facing the airplanes as they're coming up to the gate says, welcome to the Contra Republic. I will say I don't hate them because like that's that seems like a real fun Jimmy Buffett, you know what I mean? Like yeah. step on a pop rock, kind of like. But with the right, with except, right over someone's head, it's like Buffett, putting I, the flower in the barrel of the gun. It's, yeah. a, it's think, a nice symbolic gesture. I think Jimmy Buffett actually has a song about the Contra Republic. Somebody does. I've heard. He it. probably does. Like, listen, like if if it has to do with beaches or being lazy on a beach, I swear to God, Jimmy Buffett's got a song about it. You know, he has his own brand of retirement homes now. I knew that he has much like Toby Keith has his he's own Margaritaville. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got like because I took a cruise once and they were like Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, um, just like uh, lost shake or something. No, but now uh, Margaritaville has grown out and into a retirement, a planned retirement community, and I cannot imagine a fresher kind of hell. Like if you were to take me and say you your your eternity in hell is you're stuck in a room, you can choose. You're either stuck in a room with Ben Shapiro and he won't shut up or, or you have to live the rest of your life in a Margaritaville themed retirement community. I would say fucking Shapiro. Let's go. I, I don't I, know, I, man. That's tough. Jerunko margaritas the whole time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cause you're old and it'll counteract with your medication. So you can't even drink. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll get off my meds. Really. Margaritaville is just a cover for the white ethno state that the old baby boomers <laughs> crave. You know what I mean? They're like, it's mighty the next micronation. Yeah, yeah. They're like, it's mighty nice here about Margaritaville, where everybody is old and white, and you know, can't live here if they make uh, under so much money a year. It's perfect. Everyone's sober, stone cold sober, uh, so they can listen to grandpa's uh, stories. America, yeah, America, exactly. Um, well, I think I think that's our episode on micronations for today. Yeah, yeah, kind of a it short is. one. We made it through. Yeah, yeah. a couple minutes yeah. early too. Not much, but all right. Well, if anybody is actually listening to this, hit me up on Twitter at Captain Bobbers. It's C A P T B O B B E R S. And uh, oh, YouTube channel of the week. I didn't do this last week because I was about to pee myself. Um, I don't know. Go go check out Philosophy Tube. Philosophy Tube. Madame Madame Philosophy. Uh, Yeah, she's got a new episode up right now. It's on uh, Jordan Peterson's new book and the concept of philosophical structuralism. It is explained in plain English. And was it, I, I just, I meant to ask, sorry, wasn't Jordan Peterson the, um, the asshole? Dad. He was the lobster dad? He was lobster dad. Look up, just, just Google. Okay, whenever, I'll look at whenever we get off of this, look up Jordan Peterson lobster dad and I'll, I'll send you a video. I'll send you a video and it'll, it'll, it'll make sense. Uh, Pat, uh, you got, you got basically, uh, he's, he's a conservative blowhard 
psychologist right. from Canada who got famous briefly about seven years ago for claiming that Canada changing its hate crime law to include trans people would result in full-blown Nazism and yep. that it was an Orwellian nightmare. Just and he really said, like and I to- quote, Pretend like transgender people don't exist, and if you say they do, they're all like, "It's Nazis." What? Yeah, no, but it's it's the Nazis. The Nazis famously LGBTQ inclusive, famously. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, they had you know they 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 had whole brigades of them wearing pink triangles. So they yeah they definitely yeah they gave us they gave us really nice back. Yeah. So very no, fun anyway, fact about uh, that: Nazis are the reason why uh, pink is a feminine color and blue is a masculine color. It was vice versa before the Nazis, yeah, because they wanted pink to represent uh, homosexuals. So, like overnight, the rest of the world found out about that. They're like, "Oh, we're not gay." So they wanted pink to no longer be a guy color because they didn't want to be associated with that. Because I mean, people weren't ready to say that Nazis were a bunch of Nazis yet. Like that yeah. would be um, what do you call it? I just, I just want to say it. It just seems... decided to let that dictate fashion for the rest of the world it seems like one side pink was considered very masculine because it's the color of blood so they're all like well we want to glorify blood and bleeding in battle that way people want to be soldiers so you know you're stronger if you wear pink i will say uh one side really loves to use uh orwell but i feel like have not really uh consumed the orwellian media that they they like to well and here's the thing is that is that like orwell not only loved the anarchist and socialist revolutionaries in Spain whenever all that was going on and Franco was trying to do a fascism um, or rather with the act of doing a fascism but uh, Orwell straight up said you know if I had to put a fine point on my politics I would say that I lean towards uh, those of the social democrat (laughs) and and Republicans like that's an Orwellian nightmare I'm like yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess actually, if you have they, you read The Fountainhead, I think you should really read The Fountainhead. Zack Snyder wants to make a Fountainhead movie. Shoot me in sh- the face. Um, Ayn Rand is the worst thing to ever happen to literature. Um, anyway, oh God, hit him with the socials. So hit him with the socials, Wilder. Before I go off on Ayn Rand. All right. Uh, so you, if you want to contact us, you can do so at thosemuckrakers at gmail.com. You can find uh, us uh, on Twitter at those muckrakers uh send us your um thoughts comments anything uh email Subject, us your stories we can uh, read them on the air if you'd like yeah. subjects to and do also if you'd like to life. support us financially you can do so by oh actually a number of ways you can watch us give us likes um increase our uh what do you call it um reach metric yeah reach um yeah. Tell other people about us, like turn it into a whole uh, pyramid scheme. Tell two people, tell them to tell two people. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, on YouTube. You can see the video. Uh, YouTube is like at youtube.com slash Thriftington Post because, I don't know, I've never started a Muckrakers YouTube channel. That's fine. Uh, Go forth and spread the word just like annoying evangelicals. Be like, go up to random strangers, be be uncomfortably kind and be like, hey, have you have you listened to the Muckrakers yet? It's it's this yeah. new thing. Go door to door like things on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to enough door to door places, we can find our own Salt Lake City and start our own micronation of Muckoria. Beer to Will. It's it has been spoken. We will found the kingdom of Beer to Will. <laughs> we will. And also, if you'd There's like to give no us dollars, you can buy no uh, Dust Belt Book One or Two. 
book three will be out um, sometime by uh, 2024, and then maybe book four will be out by 2030. Sweet. All right, guys. We'll see you next week when we come up with something else super fun. Yay! Yay! Mother, I changed the name on this thing. This son of a bitch.